Hi, welcome to our first episode. I am Annie and I have Jordan with me. Jordan, you want to say hi? Hey, it's Jordan. (laughs) Kindler, to be clear. (laughs) Well, yep. Um, So today we really wanted to talk about Big Mouth. Um, I'm not sure whether we should do like an intro and say why we're doing this in the first place. Yeah, how do people start these things? I don't know. I guess I, I, I do think you give like a little bit of a mission statement which we don't have. I don't think we have a mission statement. I think we're kind of just... Shooting the shit. We're, we're like... What are those things that bob in the ocean? Dolphins? No, no, no. <laughs> the, uh... It's like seals. Oh, like a buoy? A buoy, yeah. Buoy. We're just kind of a buoy, just seeing where the tide takes us. Yeah. I would say we're living life in quarantine. We've been binge-watching a lot of TV and a lot of movies. Yep. I would say I'm a binge watcher by nature and you are a binge watcher by training. Would you agree with that? I w- you are a binge watcher by nature and I am a binge watcher by nurture. That's how <laughs> I would say it. Yeah, that, that is fair. And I have nurtured you, just to yeah. clarify, yeah. into being a binge watcher. So for context, Jordan and I are partners. We've been together for around five years. Um, oh, we're doing like bios. Well, I, I feel like we have to do them at some point, so, right? I think it should be a gradual bio. Like, okay. over the course of this inevitably multi-thousand episode podcast, <laughs> people will get to know us. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so all we need to know now is that we've been watching a lot of TV and movies, um, but I guess just for the first episode, there's one show that we've been watching pretty religiously ever since it first came out, and that is Big Mouth. We watched all nine episodes on one day, and then we just watched episode 10, the last episode, today. You know what's interesting about Big Mouth is I thought it was pretty universally recognized as an awesome show. And I, just before we started recording this, I googled reasons why Big Mouth is genius. And essentially, the only thing I could find was on Reddit of people kind of praising the show. But I don't think it's... I don't think it's gotten, gotten as much buzz as I thought it had. I actually found just a bunch of articles calling it problematic and stuff. What, what about it that they say it was problematic? Well, there's, there's certain episodes that they say just cross the line. But I think that's exactly what makes it so, no, so yeah. good. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I, I didn't... As, as a boy who went through middle school... <laughs> While things in it were extreme, I didn't find them unrelatable. I actually think, um, I actually think that it helped me understand your experience <laughs> better, just because I've heard about your middle school experience, and it just seemed so alien to me. I I just didn't have boy friends when I was younger, um, but and and it it just seems like a different species to me but seeing it like echoed and actually shown on the show gives it such dimension <laughs> and i think i feel like you've found the same thing with me when you kind of they they show stuff about like female puberty or just like budding sexuality sexuality yeah. in general and you just turn to me and ask me like is that accurate yeah. and more often than not i'm i'm like yes absolutely that's that's verbatim what it's like well, yeah, I think, I guess this isn't true for everyone. I mean, I was certainly friends with girls in middle school, as I think most of my guy friends were. Um, but 
I, I, I think it's probably later in life that that guys and girls gets lo- the level of intimacy that they can really understand those kinds of experiences or, or, or just be comfortable enough to share them. Like in middle school, you're like friends with, you know, you begin to become friends with the girls, or the girls begin to become friends with the guys. But like, you know, the guys aren't going to like share all of the new experiences they're having with the girls. The girls aren't going to like come telling the guys that they just got their first period. Like it's just kind of separate. But you did with the guys, right? Guys amongst guys, yeah. Guys amongst guys, you did and talk yeah. about it. See, that's different for me because I feel like even within like female friend groups, like, okay, okay, you definitely talk about first periods, yes. But there's other stuff like masturbating was so taboo, like for, for girls. And I feel like it still is to some extent. Um, but that's oh. certainly something you, we would have never talked about. I just remember in the show, one of the things that I found the most relatable is when, like, all their heads blow up. Yeah. When all the boys find out that girls can orgasm. That's, that's exactly what it was. No, when, when they find out that girls can masturbate. Masturbate and orgasm. It was like, no, shut the fuck up. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I, lo- I love that. I just think middle school is so oftentimes used as something used to develop characters, but they just glaze over it. And I feel like that's how we carry ourselves. Like we. It's almost like you know how there's all these psychological theories about like why you don't remember certain experiences from your childhood and it's essentially like it was so traumatic that you've repressed it. Like middle school almost has some of that where like yeah. like we we remember it but I feel like we bury so much of it and it's so socially acceptable to be like oh god that was those were just the dark ages let's just not even address that. Whereas you think it was actually more formative. Yeah, and I feel like Big Mouth like really goes goes there. They they just don't sugarcoat any of it. Like when yeah. they're talking about like female periods and like blood clots and shit like that. Like that stuff happens. Like your first few periods are they're not even red. You know, like it actually looks like you just shit your pants and there's like clots. Ooh. It's just <laughs> it's just beyond disgusting. Like it's. And you're, you're aware of it being disgusting. Like, you yeah. look down and you're like, oh my god, I want to crawl into, like, a little ball and die. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, you don't deal with, like, once you're in your 20s or whatever. Um, and it's easy to just put it behind you as, like, oh, like, a bad chapter in your life. Big Mouth doesn't do that. It names the dynamic, I would say. Right? Okay. Okay. So, so it, it puts it more out there. Yeah, it puts everything out there, I'd say. Yeah, no, it definitely does. One thing that, that, that comes up a lot in at least last season and this season that I think was at play as a middle schooler, but, I mean, inevitably, but I don't think people really reconcile in relation to middle schoolers is, like, mental health. So they had, you know, they had the mosquito as the anxiety. They had... The depression cat. The depression cat, and they had... Um, the gratitude toad. The gratitude toad, and they also have, from last season, the, the shame wizard. Um, oh, yeah, I loved the shame, the shame wizard. wizard. Um, and it, you, know, you know what it kind of reminded me of, all those characters? What? Um, was uh, Inside Out. Oh, interesting. That's actually so true. But I feel like Inside Out does it... Um, it uses kind of one like categorization like they're all like more or less like the same creatures or whatever and it's like evidently very pg-13 um while big mouth just kind of you know it combines animals with humans with ghosts with 
Yeah. Yeah, but it it is really really well done. Um I don't know. I I went back and forth with it. Like when they introduced the the anxiety mosquito this season, I was like, "Oh, I feel like, like Well, I just feel like they're doing what I loved about the first 3 seasons is that it felt like they were always coming up with like new stuff, right? Like um like Jay, yeah. you know, having an affair or whatever with his pillows that he jerks off with. Yeah. Like that was like new and then And and discovering his sexuality yes, through his pillows. Exactly. Discovering he was bisexual because he liked like, you know the guy pillow. And the girl pillow. Yeah. <laughs> the guy pillow and the girl pillow. And then they had like the depression cat. And when I we first get introduced to to the depression cat, I was like, wow, that's genius. But then this season I felt like they were recycling a lot of those tropes and just like tweaking them, right? With like the anxiety mosquito or whatever. Yeah, it's just interesting because they they were characters in and of them, in in and of themselves, I think. So it in some ways it felt like they they had to continue on some on some of the same kind of themes or trends. Especially with the hormone monster monsters. The horm- the well that's yeah. Well, the hormone mo- monsters. It's interesting. Like they play emotions. That would be our dog. <laughs> I do. We're just making ourselves comfortable. Um, it's interesting because there are these things called the hormone monsters which are like almost embodiments of these kids or these act or these um characters like the main characters is puberty they're almost like puberty cheerleaders <laughs> and they're not quite emotions but they're 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 almost like the subconscious of the kids yes. they it's the subconscious of the kids that's what it is it's a, it's a psyche psyche yeah it's totally like the puberty psyche yeah but they're but they in and of themselves the hormone monsters are also like very much characters. Yes, like they have their they even have their own backstories, yeah, and I think that's back- where and relationships. Exactly. The hormone monsters have relationships with, amongst one another. Yeah, and um, and I think that's where they really kind of take it to the next next level, where they stop. You know, the depression cat or the anxiety mosquito. They never get to that level. Well, that's that's what I was trying to draw, that kind of gradation. Like it seems like amongst the non-human characters the harmon monsters get more humanized than even the like the other kind of emotional characters get the the other thing they played around with um which I, for some reason this is is what made me think of inside out was um they play around with the size of each of the hormones like like the actual like so so when we're first introduced to the depression cat she's like this big voluptuous cat that like you know, it's heavy and snuggles up on the characters and so encourages them to just, like, sleep in bed all day and, and, like, kind of almost suffocates them. But then at the end of this season, spoiler alert, Jessie kind of begins to overcome her depression through gratitude and all of a sudden the depression cat is more like this cute little kitten and she's, like, shrunk in it. She's shrunk in, in, in size and, you know, the implication is that her significance or effect on Jessie is, is, has waned. Um, I don't know that that and that got me more thinking about inside out I think just from like the psychological aspect of it. Yeah. I also thought that was such a good way of addressing you know mental health. I think we're so used to just thinking like you cure anxiety yeah. or you cure depression. Well yeah, it went they took it from binary to right to like a spectrum. Exactly. And I think you know I think more often than not, people, if, we, if you talk to anyone that's experienced depression or anxiety, like, they wouldn't say that, you know, that 
that part of them is erased but it's just they they learn to manage it and like the character jesse through gratitude or you know other people do meditation or exercise or therapy or whatever you learn to kind of reconcile it and come to terms with it totally yeah the other thing going back to it being um you know the show being ain't right or whatever or being problematic um one thing that i had seen throughout this year you know in terms of like the kind of 2020 racial awakening in some ways was um jenny slate playing a black character Mm -hmm. and you know she said that she wasn't going to voice her anymore and so i wonder i was expecting and the character is missy to be clear um she's a black seventh now eighth grader yeah she's Um, biracial her mom's white her dad's black yep um she's voiced by jenny slate a white actress Jenny Slate came out and said that she didn't think it was appropriate for her to voice a black or biracial character, um, and so she wasn't going to do it anymore. But and, and that actually came up as a theme throughout the show was like Missy's own racial identity and her development of what it means to be biracial to her. Um, but they didn't change um, her I voice. No, like I don't, I don't think so either. But I just googled it and it said like Jenny Slate quit. Well, maybe they filmed season or they voiced season four prior prior yeah. to all of that. Yeah, that might be the case. But but they there are even episodes on the topic of like her discovering they called it like her black voice and she meets all of her black cousins and they and they like have a totally different approach to their sense of self, and they kind of like it seemed like she was gonna like have this like really dramatic voice change that was almost like the show being conscious of itself, which it does all the time. Like the show like points out that it's on Netflix. It like you know at the end of season four, it's like. Is a cliffhanger, and they're like, "This is going to be so intense next season." So they're yeah. they're like, co- like, you know, self or you know, they're cognizant of their of their existence as like a Netflix program. Yeah. And so I thought that, and th- and they were doing that with on the topic of Missy's voice, and so I thought there was going to be some really dramatic, like that was going to be the way that they were gonna. I loved your suggestion. I think you should describe what you thought was going to happen because I I like oh, your well, idea they- so much. I I almost wish they had done that, honestly. I do wish they you had done that. You mean just the episode when she goes to meet her her cousins? Yeah, and you were and you were thinking that her her voice would change, and that's when. Well, that's that, that would have made sense because I I was when Jenny Slate came out and announced, "Hey, I'm not going to voice this character anymore." I was like, "Okay, well, they're not going to get rid of the character because it's Missy and she's a central part of the show." Oh, she's great. But on the other hand, like, how are they going to address this kind of inevitably awkward voice change? And this one episode set it up so perfectly that she was going to go meet her cousins and, like, rediscover her culture and identity or whatever that means to her. And, like, her voice was going to change. And that would have been the perfect way to, like, meaningfully facilitate that transition, but also be, like, aware of its kind of inevitable clunkiness. Yeah. But no, that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. It it didn't happen, at least in any obvious way. I'm actually not even sure if she... If 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 it was a different person by the end, yeah, I know, I know you mentioned it sounded a bit different in the last episode, but I thought it did, but I don't know. I I just don't know. You know what's cool? Um, you mentioned how the show is like aware of itself, and I was just thinking, like, do you think, do you think this could be anything but a comedy? And I I only posed a question because I'm thinking about how, you know, if if you're running with the idea of it being kind of psychological in terms of like uncovering stuff that we've buried about our you know middle school and puberty in general like I I think a lot of people say like comedy is kind of cathartic that way and it's it's the way that we kind of reconcile with the past or with 
Mm-hmm. Not not to sound dramatic, but like like the stuff that's borderline can be borderline traumatic in a lot of ways. Yep, I think it's easy to write off comedy as stupid, but it. I actually think comedy is like maybe the one at least I think it might be the most sophisticated genre. Yeah, I mean writing comedy is super hard, and acting comedy is apparently like the hardest. Well, that's that's and I I learned that from when Steve Carell was in The Big Short. And that was the, fir- I think that was the first role I had seen him in where he wasn't, it wasn't a comedic role and he was amazing. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I, I want to say I spoke to Will Nixon about this. Shout out Will Nixon. First person mentioned on this podcast. Great actor. Great, great actor. The great late, comedian. The late Will Nixon. Great comedian. Yeah. Um, and he yeah, and he was telling me about how he thinks that I, I think it was well. He was saying that that comedic actors are the most talented, and um, at least in his opinion, or some of the most talented, or whatever. And so he and like he wasn't at all surprised, or like it, or like it was well known that comedic actors could very easily transition into more dramatic roles. Right. Well, I feel like the the other way around isn't as common. Common. Um. You know, the other thing that I was thinking about before we came onto this podcast is. I will say, I feel like there is a decent... Great podcast name. Sorry to interrupt. Wait, what? Ready? Okay. Drum roll. Is it working? Yeah. Tap my mic. Yeah, good job. Binge. Hey, I don't hate it. We'll, we'll contemplate. Binge. I don't know. We'll think about it. Okay, we'll think about it. Anyway, one thing, what I was going to say is, I will say that in terms of, even in terms of like exploring all these like, topics relating to puberty i feel like there's a decent amount out there like that deal with how the experience is for boys like i didn't have close guy friends growing up but i still like kind of knew that boys were gross and horny all the time and like like a lot of the things that come up in the show like i've been exposed to through like media yeah but i feel like there really isn't that much about female puberty and like females like sexual awakening in middle school out there no there isn't there honestly even in the show that i feel like it wasn't that big of a topic oh it was it was big in season two with jesse like and you know remember when missy humps her like childhood stuffed animal i know but it wasn't as center stage as the boys yeah i mean the boys are like like literally andrew is like can't help himself in every episode like he like in season four, he fucking, like, jacks off to his grandfather's corpse. Yeah. He, like, comes on his grandfather. Yeah. Well, okay. At, this, at the funeral. Is this ain't right for me to say that I, I don't, I'm not sure how accurate it would be to portray one of the female characters the same way as you're describing Andrew is. I'm not sure your median girl would be, you know, jacking off multiple times a day. Where's your median boy is? I mean, I mean, you tell me. <laughs> you tell me what it was. Was that what what middle school was like? That's what I imagined it to be. But maybe I'm being prejudiced. No, you're not being prejudiced. Okay. <laughs> I I used to think that if one would jerk off, that God would be watching you. Yeah, like, you have to actively. be a little Virgin Mary. Yeah. Did you think that too? Fuck no. Hell no. You didn't think anyone would be watching you. No. I I've been sacrilegious for a long while. Wow, even middle school. I would say before middle school. What, when would you say you, you became sacrilegious? I don't know. I always kind of knew it was bullshit. Religion? Oh, yeah. 
specifically the one t- the one my father ruined santa claus for me that wasn't religion that would like santa claus is not god uh, no but it, it just it just showed it just showed me that i don't i don't know it, it just delegitimized all religion in my in my in my view did it, do you think there's just a lot of make-believe stories? there's just make make-believe and then even his feeling that he had to do that because we were jewish like it was like why are we competing with other religions and i was like this is all so fucking stupid maybe you should tell the story oh i you know i lived in the same building when i was like four three or four of one of my good friends and uh and it was christmas time and i was i was over at their apartment and they had you know all the decorations and the presents and they had they told me all about it and my dad came to pick me up mind you very proud jewish man that he is Love you, Zav. Um, shout out to Zav. Shout out to Zav. And, you know, he picks me up and we're walking upstairs to our apartment. And I'm telling him, Dad, they have Santa. It's so cool. <laughs> like, they have all these nice decorations. It seems so jolly and awesome. And he goes, it's all a lie. <laughs> I was like, oh. I love that story. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I and wonder that, if your dad then, knows that at that's the age how. Of, at the age of four, my, my adulthood began. It's been, it's been a steady stream of consciousness ever since. I'm not sure your dad would have told you that had he known that you know your whole understanding of religion would crumble with that yeah he didn't know he was doing himself in why don't, the, why, don't why don't we encourage folks to tune back in next week for for further exploration of jordan's religious identity and upbringing <laughs> yeah tune back in next week well we'll definitely be binge watching a lot of stuff other cool stuff we've been binge watching includes the undoing the undoing uh, crown season four yes what's the one with anna kendrick Oh, so good. Love Life. Love Life. That was fantastic. Well, we religiously watched The Bachelorette. We've seen a teacher, the new Hulu show about a high school teacher that has an affair with her. Oh, right, right, right. Student. But we, I also want to, I'm not sure if you saw this trailer, but there's this new Netflix, I think it's a movie called Prom. It's either going to be like pretty darn solid or it's going to be atrocious. It's going to be like Cats. Do you know the whole scandal with Cats? And James, yeah, I know James Corden. Well, this one like is with James Corden too. Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's oh, it's musical. the virtual one. What virtual one? Oh, maybe I'm tripping. Um, I'm calling this podcast because I have to pee. Okay. That's a, that's a great way of, to finish it. Thank you so much for that. Actually, I'm going to end this with a Lola voice. Okay. Like and subscribe.